Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. All right, well, good morning, saints. Someone say good morning. (laughs) And today is a day that we're going to get to another portion of Scripture, which I think is important. How many of you have ever heard the word inheritance? Huh? Yeah, okay. How many like to be in the inheritance? <laughs> you know, last week we focused on verse 3 of First Peter chapter 1, and it says, Praise be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, In his great mercy, he has given us new birth, live in hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, someone say, live in hope. Well, as you know, we've talked about the book. We talked a little bit about the background of the book. We talked about the Apostle Paul. We talked about live in hope. And from a live in hope, from the great salvation that you've received, someone say, I have a great salvation. If you know Jesus Christ of your personal Savior... And you have decided to follow him. I mean, you're all in. You got your hands to the plow. And if you died right now, heaven is your home. You have a great inheritance. And we're going to talk a little bit about that from a lot of different points of view. But that being said, the Spirit of God is speaking to the church at this point in time to people who are under persecution. They're under pressure. They're under problems. Can anybody relate to that? Huh? And so, I want you to understand this, is that the Spirit of God is sending them a message through Peter. The Spirit of God is using Peter to send the message to the people who are in Asia Minor, in the north part, to say, listen, I want you to be encouraged. And here's the word we're talking about. I need you to remember. Someone say remember. Remember. Now, a scripture that I, I talked last week and I want to talk about this week because it's so important to scripture and it's so important to you and I. It's found in 2 Peter 1.20. I want you to write that down right now somewhere on your notes. I want you to write 2 Peter 1.20 and 21. Okay, I want you to write that down. Write it down and I want you to memorize this scripture. This scripture is key to sharing your faith. It's key to communicate in the gospel. It's key for helping people understand the difference between the scriptures and any other book out there. You remember the little saying I have, uh, some books inform, other books reform, but only the word of God will transform your life. Why is that? Why is that? Well, because of this one scripture, and there's others out there, but I want you to focus on this. Memorize this one. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture, listen to this, came about by the prophet's own interpretation. Very important. Listen to what it says. Verse 21. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Did you see that? You see how this book is so different. So when Paul the Apostle is speaking to a people, he is not just, it is not Peter himself speaking to the believers in pressure in problems, in persecution. It is God himself flowing through someone else as a vessel. How many want to be a vessel used of God? See? God's still looking for vessels. 
Now everybody's always on a point over, look how good they were. They were all, oh, they were all that in a bag of chips. No, 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 no. They had their issues too. They were just like you. Can you believe that? And God still used them. Come on now. Isn't that something good to know? Oh, man, that'll that make your liver quiver. I don't know what will. So God, by the Spirit of God, is moving upon Peter to talk to a people in problems. The Word of God is still wants to talk to you while you're in your problems, while you're in your pressure, while you're in your circumstance. And the Word of God will do that if, if, if you read it. If, if you study it. You can't study it unless you first become a reader. You've got to become a reader. Then the next thing is a studier. Then you become a real disciple when you start studying the Word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking all about you. So we talked about new mercy. We talked about the new birth. We talked about the living hope. This all talks about the great salvation you have received. I want you to say this. I have received a great salvation. You see, this great salvation now... The Spirit of God is now sharing about the inheritance that you and I have in heaven. This isn't a great inheritance. I, don't, I know that a lot of times people don't think about it, but there is a great inheritance. All in the Old Testament, there is talking about inheritance. And I'm going to show you a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the inheritance was done to, done to the, the patriarchs and so forth, done to the... Uh, family members, and so forth. For example, to, to give an inheritance is when you give a part of your possessions, your property, to honor or support your family members so they can continue on. That is seen in the Old Testament. What's seen also in the Old Testament is God giving an inheritance to the people of Israel that they're going to inherit Canaan. Abraham himself was promised but yet Abraham never said one foot of property, of the inheritance. But God gave him a promise that his, from his own lineage, even though not having a child, that a great land was going to be had by the Israelites. I want you to get this. This is important because most people don't realize this. But when God gave the land to the different tribes, it was their inheritance and it was broken up in different sections. If any one of those tribes wanted to sell their property, they could. But it only be for a short period of time because when God gave the inheritance to a tribe and gave them their land, that was that tribe. And on the day of jubilation, all of that property that may be sold had to come back to the original owner. Because they could not sell something that God said was not sellable. You could do it for a short period of time if you had debt or had to sell it for whatever reason they had to sell it. But ultimately, all the property would come back. The Bible has really, in the Old Testament, real clear uh, guidelines of your inheritance. For example, if um, a person had a wife and they happened to have concubines, but the first son came from the concubine, the first son would receive double the portion. Whoever the first son was, they would receive double of the inheritance. But if they didn't have a son, it would go to the daughter. If they didn't have a daughter, it would go to somebody kin. It could even go to someone outside the family if they didn't have anybody. Abraham's a good example of that. I'm talking about inheritance. The Old Testament is really about a physical inheritance. All through the Old Testament is about a physical inheritance, but not in the New Testament. 
You will not find that in the New Testament. On contrary, you will find just the opposite in the New Testament. In the New Testament, you will see it's all about a spiritual inheritance. And this is really important for you and I to really get on because if our mind gets all on the physical, we lose all sight of the spiritual. Now, don't get me wrong, okay? There's nothing wrong in being on the will because that will help you, amen? But our goal and our focus point has to be spiritual. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good. So let me give you a couple things here that I think is really interesting. Because in the Old Testament, it says this. We find one scripture really clear about inheritance in the Old Scripture. It says this. A good man leaves his inheritance for his children's children. But watch this now. I love this. But the sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. What does that say? Let's stop for a second. What was God trying to say to the people of, the, of that time? He's saying, listen, you need to do your best to take care of your family and those that you love. So everybody say amen. We need to stop thinking about ourselves like I thinking about my kids, even my grandkids. You know, I collect coins, love collecting coins, and I have a good collect coin collection. But to tell you the truth... Um, I've been doing it for a long, long time, and I'm saying to myself, okay, you know, who is a person who likes collecting coins? Because I'm not going to give it to someone who doesn't like coins, right? So if you have any old coins before you want to sell them, let me at least give a shot at it, okay? All right. (laughs) That being said, that being said, I just want you to understand something, is that when we look at things that we have, it's great, but what if, what if we gain all this and then we're not prepared for eternity? So I want to give you a point here in Scripture. Uh, this is a powerful point in Scripture here. Jesus downplays inheritance in the New Testament. He really does. Um, and it goes down to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. And if you could turn your Bible, because I'm not going to give you a PowerPoint on that, turn your Bible to Luke chapter 12 for a second. And I want you to see this, how Jesus responds to an argument about inheritance. Okay? Because it says this in verse 13, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator between you? Then he said to them, watch this, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in abundance of his possessions. A man's life does not exist of just his possessions. It's not all about what he has. But we live in a life today that we're trying to gain all we can gain and get all we can get. Get all you can, sit on the can and be merry. I mean, that's really, I mean, if you talk to people, it's all about things. It's all about things. But we miss it, church. And church, when we become more about things and less about God's work, less about God's kingdom, less about teaching what God sent us, less about being able to be a servant to someone else because it's going to inconvenience me or whatever we, we have on a list, we have to ask ourselves a question. Are we kingdom-minded? Are we building? Here's the question. Here's the question before, I, before we get into things. Um, am I more concerned about my material or physical inheritance, or do I really pay attention to how I'm building my spiritual inheritance? This is what it comes down to. 
Because these people are in a really tough situation. They look like fourth, fifth class citizens. They're not treated very well. Things have been taken away from them. Uh, they've been charged higher taxes. I mean, they're under a lot of stress to raise families. They're in different places for safety. I mean, there's a lot of situations going on. And they've got to keep in mind about their true inheritance. Think about this. So they can't see just what they see. They've got to believe in what God has said. His promises. So you have to understand who he's writing to. Jesus then gives a parable right after this. This is foundational. Because in the New Testament, Jesus says, hey, you know, why are you making me a charge over this? You know, he, he's just talking about, and then he goes right into greed. And then he goes into the story about a man, a rich man, and we'll just look at verse 16. He thought to himself, this man here who had a great harvest, he said, he thought to himself, what should I do? I have no place to store my crops. Uh, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. There I'll store all my grain and all my goods. And then I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. See, that's what we try to do. And we, we work hard. and we, it's, all about, it's all about what we can get. But that's not what the New Testament teaches us. It's not what we can get. Listen, watch this, watch this. There's nothing wrong in being a hard worker. There's nothing wrong. I, I actually encourage you, hard work hard, save well, invest well. But that's not where your heart, real heart should be because all that is to help others. It's not about getting, it's about giving. It's not about getting, it's about giving. See the difference? We live to give, not to live to get. We have to get that mentality. It's not about getting, 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 getting. It's about living and giving God the glory and at least giving to God what God so, de so desires and is due. Look what it says in verse 20. But God said to them, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded of you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich. Get that? But is not rich towards God. We have to ask ourselves, am I, ask myself the question, am I rich towards God? Because if I'm not rich towards God, we're not going to understand what Peter is trying to say as the Spirit is leading him to encourage people who are in very difficult situations. As he now talks about the salvation, which is so incredibly a great gift that comes with so many benefits and so many blessings. Do you get where I'm going with this? All right. So let's get to the portion of Scripture. That's just my introduction. <laughs> you see, if we don't get it, if we don't get it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. It's sometimes we can get so lost with all of the pressure on earth sometimes. We can get so lost with all the problems. And we forget, wait, 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 wait. I am living with a greater calling. Every one of you. People say, well, that's you, Pastor, because that God... No, no, that, that's hogwash. Don't tell. We're all in the same boat. We're all in the same room. Okay, everybody's the same room. There's no difference between me and you whatsoever. We all have the same thing to do. Live for God. Someone say amen. amen. And not just live for God to give him a little sprinkle. Give him, give him your whole heart. Be all sold out. You know what the Bible says? Put both hands on the plow and then don't look back. That goes for every one of us. God just wants our whole heart, our whole life. Look at this portion of scripture here found in verse 4 and 5 of Peter 1. And, and then after he talks about the living hope, a living hope into an inheritance 
that can never perish, spoil, fade, kept in heaven for you. That should make you smile. Who, though through faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready. Someone say ready. Ready, mm, ready to be revealed in the last time. God has a great promise for you and a great inheritance. I want to talk, first of all, about earthly inheritance because so many of us think about that. You know, I'm quite aware of earthly inheritance. Of course, I've just had my mom pass and we've just gone through all her stuff and there's so many things to take care of and this, that, and the other thing. So I'm quite aware about all the different legalities that come with it. I will also tell you this, though, that for me, for me, it's all about the kingdom. It's all about the kingdom. And whatever God does over here can affect over here. Our whole life is about what, what God does or what God gives or what God provides or whatever happens. And then, and then, what can you do for the kingdom? How can I, we bless God? That's the reason. It's not all to hoard and to, and to say, you can have it. You've got to be able to give it to God because you've got to be able to handle what God gives you. Can I tell you this? I've met a few millionaires, well, quite a few millionaires. And not everybody can handle a million dollars. I'll tell you what, if some of you were to get a million dollars or two million dollars, it would ruin you. It literally would ruin you. I have seen it ruin people. I have seen so many people, when they have money, just waste it, unbelievable, waste it, and actually do things with it that brings harm to them. And many, many, do some research on it, many buy these vehicles and end up dying in the very vehicle from the money in which they, they receive. You know, not everybody can handle money. I've learned this by seeing people with money and how they handle it. Money is a tool. Money is a tool. It's what you do with it. You can hoard it or it can be a tool to work God. God has an inheritance for you, but it's not like a physical inheritance. You see, it's a spiritual inheritance, and this is what's so beautiful about this, this thing. I want you to look at this portion of Scripture. We talked about this a little bit. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet he loses his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Do you know how valuable you are? No, no, I'm going to say that again, because when you have a bad day, or when someone's really mean to you, and sometimes when you look in the mirror and you don't feel very good and very confident, and you don't feel all that in a bag of chips. As a matter of fact, someone let all the air out of your chips, so your bag's all flat. You know, so you have one of those days, and, and, and you just don't feel very valuable. But can I tell you that God says, what price can you put on your soul? God thought you were so valuable that he died for you. God thought you were so valuable that he only died for you, but that he said, you know what, I have such a better thing for you. This is, relationship is so rich. Why would people want to turn it away? I don't know. I don't know why people want to turn away God's love, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, God's help. I don't know why they want to turn to their own ways instead of turning to God, but they do. There is a law, a second law of thermodynamics, the law of entropy. And this is what it says. And you probably have heard this. But it says that in, in all energy exchanged, if no energy enters or leaves the system... The potential energy or the state will be less than the initial state. Simply means this. In a very simple way. Left to itself. Something that starts at a certain place. Left to itself. Everything in the universe moves to disorder or decay. 
That's why metal rusts, food decays, the body deteriorates. Listen, I don't know, maybe if you look in the mirror, you might have an extra wrinkle here or there, right? Now, we know that's because of sin, but that's the system in which we live in. But everything is going downhill because that's a law. See, when you have an inheritance, I get the chance to see a lot of cars pass on this, this highway here. And I get a chance to see all these cars that at one time were beautiful, but right now they're all crushed. They're only about that high, and they are strictly crushed down to nothing. Okay, They're just so small. And I look, and I say, God, at one time, somebody drooled over that car. At one time, in its prime, someone wanted that car, and they're probably like, I just got to get that car. Oh, that car. Oh. And then one day, one day, time goes on, and now that car is only this high, it's all crunched, it looks terrible, and it's going to the trash. Nobody wants it. It's now junk metal. A little bit, listen, saints, when we're talking about an inheritance from God, it's so different than a physical inheritance. That's why we have to try to keep our mind frames on spiritual things, not physical things. Hey, are they important? Yeah. Are they needful or should I say, are they the most important? Absolutely not. That's why Old Testament is all about a physical inheritance, but Jesus narrows in on the spiritual inheritance that comes from our great salvation. So let's talk a little bit about the heavenly inheritance. Into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Um, let, me, let me just say this for a second. So Peter is reminding everyone who's under persecution, pressure, problems, and pain. Has anybody ever had the whole four Ps happen in one day? <laughs> think about it. I mean, come on, you had to have a bad day, right? Let's think, of the wor- yeah, okay. Let's think of the worst bad day you've had. Just give it a second. What was one of the worst bad days you've ever had in life? What was the worst bad days? I can think of, I can think of plenty. The really bad days where you look at Um, persecution, pressure, problems, and pain. But God came to give us life and to bring passion into our hearts. Look at this word. Oh, look at this. Ephesians chapter 1, 17, 19. I keep asking that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. Isn't that a great prayer? This is written while... Paul the Apostle is in prison. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Remember, it's not for the saints. It's in the saints. That little word in makes the whole big difference because you're in the loaf. God has this glorious inheritance So let's think about this. What in your mind looks glorious here on earth? Give me a glorious in your mind inheritance right now. Put it in your mind. If I was to get an inheritance, what would a earthly glorious inheritance look like? It could never compare to the heavenly glory inheritance that God has. But I want you this morning to remind you that when we have a world out there that persecution is starting to rise... Problems are starting to rise. Um, inflation is starting to rise. A little lot of stuff can happen really quick, really fast. And sometimes we can get our eyes off that. 
We can get our eyes on the problem. We can get our eyes on, instead of the person of Jesus, we want to get eyes on what's happening in politics. Politics is never going to save anybody. Jesus Christ is the answer to every problem. Don't get me wrong. I think good people should be involved. I think godly people should be involved. I think that's how we make good choices. However, the real issue and the real answer is always Jesus Christ. What do we do with Jesus Christ? So look at this portion of Scripture. Again, it comes from Colossians, talking about this great inheritance. Once again, this is two prayers. These are two prayers from the Apostle Paul from two books as the Spirit of God moved upon him to write while in prison. Once again, you've got to listen to what the Spirit is saying. And we pray that this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good works, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully. Watch this now. This is the part I love. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Man, that alone, that alone is a series. <laughs> glorious, that is so glorious. So I want you to understand, the, heaven, the heavenly inheritance is so powerful for us. So, so what can we learn about this? What can we can learn? Well, first of all, it can never perish. Matthew 6.21 tells us, Lay up your treasures in heaven, where, heaven for yourself, where neither moth nor rust corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, well, there will be your heart also. So where's your treasure? Where's your treasure? Let me ask you a question. I ask, my question, I ask questions to myself all the time to just to keep, keep at a certain place. How often have you thought about your inheritance in heaven? How often? Do you do things to say, God, you know what? You, you're working to build your inheritance. Now, get me wrong here. Don't get me wrong. I understand what the salvation gives you an inheritance. And there's a bunch of reward systems that God wants to do for his people for faithfulness. But when God gives something, it's not going to perish. Think of one thing that doesn't perish. A person one time talking to someone, they said, ah, you know what never goes bad? Salt. Salt never goes bad. And in some sense, they're almost right. Salt never goes bad. Unless if that salt inhabits elements of water or sun, it deteriorates the salt of its flavor. So if it's affected, it can affect the salt. Other than that, in the natural form that's not touched by other elements, salt will stay salty when it doesn't get affected by other elements. I want you to think, everything fades, everything perishes, but God tells us to lay our treasures in heaven, and it says, where your treasure is, your heart is. I just want to ask you a question. Listen, what are, we, what are you as an individual doing for Jesus? What are you doing? What ministry? What, what, what is your love where you're touching people, touching hearts? How are you being the servant to allow the treasures that God has given you to be seen by others? The reflection of the gems and the gifts of your life. 
what are you, what are you, what are you doing? What am I doing? What are we doing uh, as a church? Because there is something that will never perish. God has for us. And the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the mind of man the thing that God has for those that love him. I mean, I just, just that alone, wow, there's something greater to come. I don't know about you, but I want it to be good. You know what I mean? If you say to me, Pastor, you know, I don't care about my rewards. Oh, I do. No, I do. <laughs> no, when it comes to my God, I, I want to make sure I do it right. Yeah, I want, because that, if that happens, that means I pleased them. And if I pleased them, then that's going to make me happy. That's going to make me real happy. And so, no, no, I, I'm concerned about that. I want to make sure, I want to hear well done. You know, I don't want to hear, oh, you would, oh, of all my servants, oh, how many times I nodded my head on you. <laughs> Well, I probably might have hear that. <laughs> Look what it says. Here, let's go on. So never perish. Never spoil or fade. Never spoil. You ever get something bad that spoils and it stinks? How about those? How many love fish? You love fish. You love cooking fish. Huh? You know? You ever leave fish out too long? Mm, not a good thing. Not a good thing. Spoil. See, nothing in heaven, when God gives it to us, it's not going to spoil, it's not going to fade, it's not going to be defiled. It's this beautiful thing. When we look at fading, how many, how many like flowers? Anybody like flowers? I like flowers. One of my favorite flowers is, is lilacs. I love lilacs. I really do love lilacs. The only problem with lilacs, is they, are, they have such a short lifespan. So whenever my, the lilac tree is blooming, we clip, we put it in the vase. Oh, house smells beautiful. Unfortunately, the lilacs fade. And when they fade, so does my smile. Oh, they're dead. You go out to the tree and, oh, they're dead. And I'm like, God, I've asked this, I've asked this. I said, God, in my mansion, in my room, in that great place you're building, can I have a lilac tree? One on both sides. <laughs> no, I really have. <laughs> you know, because I like lilacs. And uh, if you ever want to give me lilacs, I'll take them. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing. Lilacs, as beautiful they are, they fade, but not with the things that God has. So do you want to work for an inheritance physical that's only short term? Or do you really want to live a life to really focus on your spiritual inheritance that you can receive of the Lord? Because I don't know about you, but when God does things, he does a really great, great work. I'm going to teach you something called the 72 rule. Well, the rule of 72. This is true. You can look this up. Uh, this is the formula that's used. But right now, um, we are in church, and um, one of your uncles died. And so you find out that you now inherited a million dollars. Because your uncle so loved you, left you in the will, and left you a million dollars. But here's the problem. You can claim you're a millionaire. You can celebrate you're a millionaire because you are. Nobody can take that away from you. However, the minute you got the million dollars, it became subjected to the rule of 72. This is a principle that economists use to calculate, among other things, the effects of inflation. You divide 72 by the inflation rate that tells you how many years till your money is worth half as much in your buying power. Let me give you an example. So you just received $1 million, 
the, infl uh, the in, um, inflation rate, oh, this is high, is at 6%. You divide 72 by 6, which gives you 12. That means that in your 12th year time, 12 years from where you are, your 1 million will now only be able to purchase 500,000 in purchasing power. That in, that's inflation. The effect of inflation is how happens to money. So it fades. You can call yourself a million, but inflation, and I'll let you some good news. One year ago, our inflation was at 2.3, 2.2, 2 2.3 about a year ago. It is at 4.3 today. In one year, inflation has increased, and it may still rise even some. Let me tell you something. So that value of a dollar, and that, can I just tell you, can I just really put some dampers on you? That dollar that you have in your pocket, it really ain't worth anything. It really isn't. It's only the value we give it to it. We give the value. So we have a system that gives value to this dollar. At one time, the dollar was matched up to gold. So therefore, what that piece of paper was worth was really worth what it was worth because it was in the same amount of what gold was. And so it had this correlation. It had, a, had something attached to it. When they got rid of that, it changed the whole system. So our system is in dire need of many, many, many helps. <laughs> it's in problems. We have a tremendous debt in our country, and we're not paying attention to it. And the reality is we have a people who are not paying attention to God. It's, it's really ingredients for some problems, church, in the future. No doubt about it. We're unrepentant, and if you look at history, God will speak, and he will bring problems to grab our hearts to turn to him. But many will not have ears. And all I will do is try to find certain ways and they will not bring God into the equation. I want you to know God has a great inheritance for you. You do not have to look at your physical surroundings and worry about this and worry about this. I have gone through so many things and you can't look at your physical. You've got to know who your God is. He has given you an inheritance that will not perish and will not fade. He is with you and in you and has empowered you to do great things no matter what happens around you. You have to take the word of God for what the word of God says. And know who you are. Not what people want you to be. You see, it's so important that we understand things fade. And we can work so hard. Had a situation one time. Uh, had people fighting over furniture. It had people, you know, going through. Someone had died some years back. And, and I was trying to help them out in the process. And, you know, people fighting for the stupidest little things. And nevertheless, they were fighting over something. And one person ended up getting it. And then three years later, it's in a yard sale. And I said to myself, people fight for things that they want at the moment. But in all light of eternity, it don't mean diddly squat. People ruin life, ruin relationships, fighting over the smallest things. And then all of a sudden, whenever it's said and done, they have more regret than they have joy. Listen, our inheritance of God will not fade. Put your, put your thoughts, put your life, put your talents, put your giftings, put all that God has given to you and live it boldly and live it well and live it before God because he is trying to remind you as he's trying to remind those in suffering. Because, you know, understand, these people that are in Asia Minor, most likely they're, people are charging them more taxes. It's hard to live. 
and they're ta- some maybe taking some land from them. There's all these instances that are taking place on the persecution when people don't like you. But they say, hey, listen, listen, my brother, my sister, listen, you have a great inheritance. And listen, what God has in plan for you, it's not going to perish. It's not going to fade. It's, it's going to last. You're in good hands when you're in God's hands. Not prudential, God. You see, now watch this. First Peter 1 Peter 1.24, a little bit advanced, but it goes along quite well with this. It says, for all men are like grass, and all their glory is like a flower in the field. The grass whizzes and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord stands, stands forever. Someone say forever. You, you are a blessed creation of God that he has a great inheritance for you that he has something good for you. It's going to make you smile. It's going to make you smile just that your salvation alone will make you smile. But that's what he says. He said, listen, it's kept in heaven for you. It's not kept at the bank. And if you keep anything in the bank, it's not even worth keeping it at the bank because you, you don't get nothing, no interest, no nothing. Got to be smarter than just the bank. Listen to this. When we understand the value of God's inheritance and the glory that awaits us, we are better to endure the trials that we face when we remember the promises God has made to us. Look at this scripture here. 2 Corinthians 4, 16, 18. Therefore, do not lose heart. Through outward we are wasting away. That's not encouraging, is it? <laughs> Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Now that's encouraging. Verse 17. For our light and monetary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Can you say amen on that? Mm. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You see the perspective of living? This is the perspective that Peter is trying to get the people under persecution to change the way they're thinking. Not just a physical inheritance, not just in physical stuff, but in the eternal. To keep focus on the main thing. You hear the saying, keep the main thing. The main thing. Second Corinthians 2 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. The things that God has for them that, that, that love him. Listen, God has a plan. So let's look at this verse. Verse 5. Who through faith. Let's just take this for a moment through faith. It's not intelligence, though we need some intelligence in this world. But it's not your salvation has nothing to do with your intelligence. Matter of fact, the more I talk to Maybe college students and stuff, they focus so much on the intellect and have a hard time with the faith. Nothing wrong with intellect. Nothing wrong with science. I believe in both of them. I believe God gave the greatest gift that God ever gave was the brain to humankind. T.D. Jakes said this, and I think it's great. It's in one of his books. But he said one day, he said, God, you gave the elephant strength. He's big. He's strong. He's an elephant. He gave the jaguar speed. He's strong. He's fast. But what did you give man? What did he give man, God? God spoke to his heart and said, God gave, I gave him a brain. I gave him a brain. He said, I'm not big like the elephant. I'm not fast like the cheetah. 
But God said, I gave you a brain. Let me tell you something. This brain can cause us to think on negative things or good things. This brain can cause us to believe God or not believe God. I mean, it's part of the will and part of the soul, part of the brain. It's all together working as one. But you know what? You have to take your belief system and put it into operation. But God says it's kept for you in heaven through faith. The same faith that you have a relationship with God is the same faith that you walk in God is the same faith that's going to be revealed one day with God. Can you imagine that? Could you imagine that first day you see Jesus? Because one day you were in this little room. For me, uh, I would guess I, I, I don't know exactly when my transformation took place. I kind of did it a few times. <laughs> I was a little rascal. I think I needed a few times to, to get it down in my heart. You know? Am I really still saved? I don't know. I don't feel it, Lord. You know, but nevertheless, I think the big one is when I was at a church and I came forward and said, God, I'm all yours. I did it near TV sets and preachers that were preaching on TV. And, and uh, Jimmy Swaggett was a very, um, an individual that had a great impact on my life in the early years. And I just want you to understand something. It's by faith. Ephesians says this, 2.9, For it is by grace you are saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not by works that no one should boast. Listen, listen, it's about faith. Who, by, through faith. Someone just say faith. faith. Faith is such a powerful lifestyle. You walk by faith, not by sight. That's exactly where the journey starts, where it walks, and where it ends. Faith. What, what does your face say to you? How about this one? You're shielded. Or oh, the real word, the, when you go to the really manuscript, kept is actually the better word by God's power. I love this one. This was exciting because we don't think about this. This is a military term, kept. This is a military term where all of a sudden God says, you know what, he's going to be your defender. I, I told you a long time ago that I used to hang around with um, a, a big guy, and I'm going to maybe you watch an Eloy. Remember you? And, um, and he was a big guy. And uh, hung around with him, and he, I felt a little secure when I hung around with him. But I'll tell you something, you hang with God. So what problem do you have? The problem, the problem bigger than your God? No. Because you're walking with a big God. Tell your neighbor you're walking with a big God. Look what Psalm says. Look at this. Look at this. Look at Psalm says 34. I love chapter 34. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord, get this now, encamps around those that fear him and rescues them. I don't know. Did that just make you? Did that just change the situation? That the angel of the Lord is around you? Huh? Think about it. When you're facing these difficult times, as David was facing these difficult times, he understood who was his protector, who was keeping him in the midst of a problem. Problem is we think of the, we think of the problem. We don't realize God's there. Yeah, but I, Pastor, I don't feel God. I, I just don't feel him. We'll stop trying to go by feelings and let's, let's put faith in the process. Feelings will always lead you astray. You want to know something? I don't always feel it sometimes. Sometimes I will say, God, what are you doing? You know, I'm just, I'm, what do you got? I don't understand, God, what you're doing. I don't feel it either. But I know he's there. 
and I trust him. And when I just walk on a consistent of trusting God, it, all of a sudden it hits me. I say, uh-huh, okay, God, all right. But does it right away? No, it's a process. Our sin's a process. Psalm says this, though, that the angel of the Lord encamps around those that fear him. You're walking in God. You're staying in God. Here it goes. You're steady in God. Be a steady Eddie. Look at your neighbor and say, steady Eddie. Second, thir- Second Thessalonians chapter 3, look at this. But the Lord is faithful, mm, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Did you get that? You either believe that or don't believe that, because see, he's keeping your inheritance safe, because you're kept, you're protected. By faith, he's shielding you, he's keeping you, he's protecting you. Verse 4, we have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Wow. He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Sometimes when you feel fearful, have you ever had a moment where you wake up in the night and you just feel fear and fear is all over your body? How many have ever had a moment where you just had fear come over you in a very, really strong way? Yeah. And there's times where that's happened, and, and I'm not a fearful guy, but there's times where I've had those things. And all of a sudden, I have to recognize. I'll tell you a funny story. It's really funny. I was hunting in the New Mexico. I was in the mountains. High in the mountains, not a soul around. And I was hunt, hunting elk. And I was having terrible bear dreams. Oh, my, these dreams were terrible. I was always, I fought every bear in the dream. I, I don't know what a polar bear showed up. You know, but a polar bear showed up. I fought polar bear, black bear, brown bear, um, gridly bear. Yeah, I don't, and a polar bear. Well, he didn't make it because he, he missed the qualifications. But, but for a bear. But, but that being said, I fought all these bears. I mean, literally. And I always, always won, but I always was bleeding. I was always bleeding. I was always hurt from the struggle from the battle and bears and then we go hunting and we're in bear country we are in bear country there are caves there are everything and they're talking about going bear hunting and i'm thinking oh god i don't want to go bear hunting oh no no bears god no bears you know lions and bears oh my yeah i was like no bears god i'm actually praying god okay let us get our elk and get out of here i don't want no bears so my friend gets his elk, we bring it back, we start chopping it up, and my friend, you know, just chucking the meat in the camp. Just chucking it in the camp. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing? You're going to bring all these animals and bears into the camp? He's going to let them come, it'll be fun. And I'm thinking of all my dreams, I'm thinking of all these bear dreams and stuff. And then he's throwing the meat next to my head where I sleep, and there's my tent, and there's the meat right there. And I'm saying to myself, oh, God, this is not good. Now, un- now honestly, I'm like, calm as cucumber. I'm like, yeah, I don't care, right? And, he, and then he says this to me. Well, if he, I, I said, hey, the bear come in. That's where the meat is. And that's where I sleep. He said, well, he's shooting on you. I can run. <laughs> what do you call good friends? It's like the person who, who sees a bear. Two guys in the wood, they see a bear. And then all of a sudden, you know, one guy says bear and he puts on his shoes. He says, what are you doing? You can't outrun a bear. He says, I don't have to. I just have to outrun you. <laughs> and so he's throwing the meat and stuff on the side. And, and I'm thinking, you know, there's bears. And now there's fear rising up in me. Right? And I'm like, God, 
All these things, now I'm big country, now I have a friend who's throwing meat right next to my tent, you know, and not care less about all these crazy animals. No one's around. We're, we're, we're isolated here. We're high in a mountain and stuff. And all of a sudden, I'm laying down, and I didn't, I didn't move the meat. I didn't move the meat. You think I would have just take the meat and pick up? I ain't going to pick up all that meat. No way. You know what, guy? If you, you saved me, you can protect me. So I laid myself down, and I put my head on the pillow. You're going to think this is funny, but I'm saying, maybe I should have picked up the meat. <laughs> but I said, you know what, God? And I, I did this. I was fearful. I was like, i got to lay down and sleep knowing that there's a whole bunch of meat next to my head. Because I could just imagine he eating the meat. Maybe he's not going to eat meat, but he could just sit down. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, all these things go through your mind. You know, here's a bear, he just sees me, and then he sits down right on me. I'm still dead. So uh, he didn't get mauled, but he got squished. Much thinner, much thinner now. And, um, and so I was scared. I was scared. And I finally said, you know what, God? You have protected me all through my life. I've gone through so many different accidents and so many different things. You have protected me. God, I shall sleep. And I shall sleep soundly tonight. And that's what I did. I took a deep breath. I said, God, I'm yours. I've always been yours. I am not going to let my mind run away with all this stuff. I will not let the devil use my mind as a playground. And I just changed my shift, my gears. I put it on who he is. He is my protector. He is my strength. And I went to sleep. And let me just say, I had a very, very good sleep. I think I slept best that night than all three of them. You know? I'm just saying, we have a God who will keep you, who will shield you. This is more than just... You know, someone said, this is God saying it. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon forged against you will prevail. Will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication for me. Declares, declares the Lord. We have to recognize what God says. You see the difference between people who know what God says versus the people who are walking and mindful on a daily basis. They live differently. There's two different ways of living. And therefore, one has greater peace. Look at this. goes on to say this. Until the coming of salvation, that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Salvation has a beginning point and it has a completion point. I know when it comes down to the completion point, it's not always easy. You know, when I look back at life and I see all different experiences, those that died without Christ and those who have died in Christ. After being in the pastorate for over 30 years now, going close to 34, 35 years now, can you believe a young guy like me? I don't look like a day over 30, do I? This is where you can encourage me and say, yes, pastor, yes, yeah. <laughs> Sure, I guess so. Um, one of the things I want you to understand is that when that moment comes at the end, when it's in faith, when you walked your walk, fought the fight, it's not the end. It really is the beginning. But we see it as the end is because of the way we look at it, but it's really the beginning because it starts in faith, it walks out in faith, and it will end in faith. This is the beauty. Romans 8. Look at what it says. I love Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give your mortal bodies and raise you. Isn't that great? 
that God has a plan, that God's going to redeem all of you. Do you know the whole package? You may not like it, but God's going to redeem your whole package. You may say, I don't like my hair. I don't like my eyes. You know, I don't like this and I don't like that. I don't know. I think God has a different opinion because when he, when he does it, he, he redeemed the whole thing. Look at your neighbor and say, sorry, he redeemed all of you. <laughs> but I will give you some good news. You will have a new body. <laughs> Look at this portion of scripture. We don't know what that body looks like, but it will be one like Jesus had, which is a pretty amazing one. 1 John 3, chapter 2 and 4. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. Everyone has this hope in him, purifies himself just as he is pure. You see, God has a great, great, great work to come. And that salvation, one day, everything that you've done is going to reveal everything that you've done. Check this benefit out. I, I got into all these benefits and it got so long and I said, let me just give you this. I got kind of carried away. But let me just break a little bit down here on Revelation chapter 21 in closing. Revelation chapter 21 says this, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning, crying, or pain. And the first things have passed away, and he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. And he said, Write, for these things, these words are faithful and true. This is the beauty of it all. That God has such a great, great work for you and I to understand all that he has. A salvation that is an inheritance that won't fade, won't, won't perish, doesn't spoil. Kept for you. Protected in heaven. It, no one's going to touch it. You know, you, today when you have your bank accounts, how many people lately I've heard people going into the bank accounts and so much fraud. All this fraud that takes place in this world and tried to take away. Here you have a bank account and all of a sudden you find out they took it. You're like, how did that happen? That just happened to one of my sons. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of things in this world that's not 100%, but there's one thing there is 100%. It's what Jesus Christ has given to us. And we need to recognize this. And we need to keep our mind on the things that are eternal, not the things that are temporal. Can you stand to your feet? You see, in 1 Peter, there was problems. And the problems was first to help people remember what God's done. When you have a bad day, when you have a day that's difficult, when you have a day or a brother of yours or a sister of yours is having a difficult day, you know what you need to do? You need to come alongside them. You need to lift them up. Where would, Aaron, where would Moses be without Aaron and her? Does anybody know? Where would he, would he be? He'd be in trouble. 
right? So the reality is you have to remind individuals, just as Peter, the Spirit of God through Peter, is reminding those who are difficult times. The Word of God is to remind us, to remind us. We all need to be reminded. Amen? Amen. Matter of fact, let me remind someone, you have the roast in the oven, it's going to burn. <laughs> we all need to be reminded. But if we stay focused to what God has given to us, we're going to be helped. Don't let your emotions, don't let your hurt, don't let the things that's happened in life to tear you away from the inheritance that God has already told you. The best is yet to come. Be encouraged. When you have a bad day, stop focusing on your bad day. Focus on your good God. You see, it changes the mind frame. And where you change the mind frame, you change the direction of your path. But where your mind is, so you follow. So that's what the book of 1 Peter is trying to do and bring up things to help them change the way they're thinking, change the way they're feeling, because it's hard. Life is hard sometimes. But the Word of God brings life, and we can learn so much from it. God's your protector. God is with you. The promises are yea and amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we are so grateful because of who you are. And God, we need you. We thank you for this living hope, this great salvation that comes with such inheritance. And Lord, forgive us sometimes when we get so caught up with, well, the physical inheritance and the things of possessions of here and now that's so loud. And forgive us, Lord, that we don't give much thought to eternity. Only when we are in those last days or last moments, that's when we think about it so much. But Lord, will you help us to be mindful on every day lived of what we can do, how we can serve you and others? Because one life will soon be passed, but only what's done for Christ will truly last. And so, Father, I pray right now for each one here. I pray for each one watching online. I pray for each one here, Lord, if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, that they would right now say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I want this inheritance. I want to know you. Are you 100% sure, 100% sure that you're going to go to heaven? You died right now. Have you said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins? Have you invited him to come to your life? Have you made Jesus your Savior? That's what we have to do. Just say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. I so need you. Forgive me of my sins. I've done what I wanted to do. I need to change. I need to change. I want to change. I yield to you. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I surrender right now. No more am I going to go all over the place. I'm yours. I know you died for me. You rose on the third day for me. Now I dedicate my heart to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you made that prayer right here, raise your hand. Say, I made that prayer right here. I see that hand. Yes. I see that hand. Yes. 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 Maybe by you. Maybe by on, online. You did the same thing. God wants to do a work in you and through you. Remember, we're living here to make a difference there. Give God some praise in the house of the Lord. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in His church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website 
at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.